Let's pray. We thank you, God, that you are a God of transformation. We pray that you would transform our minds today and create us even more into living stones, part of your holy house. And we ask this in the name of the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Amen. So you may have noticed that you got something a bit different with your um, service sheet and, and um, other little bit of paper as you came in today. You were given a piece of Duplo. Has, there, has everyone got one? I think probably everyone's got one apart from me now. Um, take a look at it and, and hold it in your hand. Now, Duplo and Lego are wonderful toys, mainly because of the massive potential that the bricks have. They can be built into anything. All you need is imagination and maybe some instructions, depending on your personality type. Your one brick on its own can't be anything but a brick, but it can be made into so many different things. It is almost buzzing with potential, and it is destined for being more than just one Lego brick. Our passage from 1 Peter talks about us presenting ourselves to the one who is the ultimate living stone, not a duplo. I couldn't find living stones. Um, the stone who was rejected. Clearly here, Peter is talking about Jesus. I just want to remind you about Peter's name. Remember his given name was Simon, the first name we're, we're given for him when Jesus first meets him. Well, then Jesus renamed him Peter, which was kind of a nickname, sort of translates as Rocky. And on that rock, I will build my church. Rocks and stones were obviously very significant to Peter. I bet he thought about it a lot. And I'm sure he was thinking about Jesus the whole time. This book was being written. And Peter was talking here to a scattered group of people who were very, very used to being rejected and despised. The Jewish people thought that Christians were heretics, dangerous heretics. And people around them just thought they were crazy. And they often did um, kill them and persecute them. Christianity at that time was a movement in its infancy. People who were Christians were different from other people and must have felt like aliens and strangers. Peter uses so much imagery in this passage. We can't, we can't even begin to talk about it all at this time. But um, I just want to bring out a few things. Mostly we're going to be talking about the concept of living stones being built into a holy house. But... First, I want to talk about um, the way Peter talks initially about Jesus' followers being like babies, craving pure love and kindness of God, just like babies need milk in order to survive. What does this mean? It's helpful, isn't it, for us to have pictures to hang things off. And the fashioning into the likeness of Christ is a process. 
As you hold the block in your hand, I want to tell you that this is one of our Noah's Ark Duplo blocks. As such, it has been subject to a huge amount of slobber and dirt. <laughs> Bits of biscuits and other things over the years. Don't worry, we clean them regularly and that's just water that you feel on them. It's okay. We clean them every term. They're probably not just not too contagious. But this cleaning process is not a once-for-all thing. It is a process. You clean something, you may have noticed this at home, and then all at once it gets dirty again. It's very annoying. But it gives us a reminder that this process of cleaning ourselves, the process of being made into a living stone that is fashioned in the likeness of Jesus, is a process. As Peter says, we need to get rid of every bit of malice, envy, hurtful talk, lying, all of the bad, slobbery, bad stuff. But here's the thing. No one here, at this very moment, is totally free of any of those things. And I know I have been massively um, challenged in the past weeks about the way people perceive me as well. Nobody is free of grot. In Noah's Ark, we have a toy cleaning every term. As followers of Jesus, we regularly confess our sins, and we have to keep doing it. We've just done it, and we'll probably have to do it again very soon. But we remember, and we know, that over and over and over again, Jesus forgives us and makes us new. Why should we allow ourselves to be made into building blocks for Jesus? like Jesus. Well, firstly, this is the plan that God has for us, to be living stones. In John 10, verse 10, we're told that Jesus came so we can have life in all its fullness. This is not about being made into building blocks that are all like Duplo, all the same, even though they're all different colors and, and sizes. It's not like being made into something equal, all the same as everything else. It's about being transformed into the people we are meant to be. Today is Vocation Sunday, as we've said, and throughout the church, people are thinking about God's call on our lives. And Douglas and Maria just told, told us a little bit about their story of God's call on their lives. God calls us all, not just people who are called to go into other countries, that is a wonderful thing. But he calls us all to be his people here where we are, using the talents and the passions that we have. We sometimes hear people talk about God's plan for our lives. And it's a wonderful thing. But it can sometimes seem as though, seem as though there is only one way mapped out for us. And we need to spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out what that is. That sounds pretty exhausting to me. Only one way that we can be happy and truly God's. But I'm not sure. God loves us, whatever we do. Yes, God has a plan for our lives, that, but that is that we are his. God's plan for our lives is that we are loved by him. And we are to love him back with everything we have. And that takes our whole life to learn. Yes, it does appear that God calls specific people out in different ways at different times in their life. And sometimes it does seem like there's only one thing that it is right to do. And sometimes there will be that 
deep feeling that there has to be one thing that you have to do. That's why it's always fascinating to ask Christians or anybody about their calling, their vocation, if you will. Maybe ask somebody today or this week, how do you know what God has called you to? How do you hear God calling you? And always be willing to answer that question as well. You don't have to have a super eloquent answer. You just need to have an answer. I knew that God was calling me back to the church because I ended up singing in a church choir. And I realized that the words that I was singing meant so much to me and they were real. We were singing the Messiah at one point and I just kept crying. In the end, the choir director told me I had to go to church and stop crying. So that's part of the reason I'm here today. Jesus calls us all to himself. He calls us all to be living stones, just like him. Another reason we come to him is that we all need each other. All of these living stones all over the place, like your Lego, like your Duplo blocks all over the church today, they have their own potential energy, don't they? They could be so many things. But if they don't come together, they're just a bunch of Duplo. We need each other. Even the most introvert person in the world needs other people. It's not possible to be church alone. Yes, sometimes people are on their own because they have to be. People who are in prison, maybe, or people who can't get out of their house. But they need their brothers and sisters to be praying for them. They really do need that. Christians apart are just a widely distributed pile of stones, of rubble, if you will, not a beautiful building. We are loved by God individually, yes, but we have to come together at some point because we all have different roles. Imagine that if part of that pillar there had decided that it wanted to be the floor when the new floor was being set. What a mess. The, the whole church would have fallen down, potentially, and we'd have a big lump in the floor. You know, we, we need to have our different roles. Everybody has a different role. This is a huge thing here because what we're told in this passage is that we are built together as living stones to become a holy house and a royal priesthood. All of us priests. Like Danny said, priests are not just people with funny bits of plastic, but a priest being a royal priest is a massive deal and would have been for the first people who heard this. The Jews who heard this would have known that the only person who was a royal priest in the Old Testament that they had ever known of was somebody called Melchizedek and somebody called the Messiah. Melchizedek was basically the best priest in the whole of the Old Testament. And of course, the Messiah. The only two royal priests that they would have known of. Well, we're told here that we're all royal priests. That doesn't mean that everyone necessarily has the calling to lead a church and do the stuff at the front, though I highly recommend it. It's great. But it does mean that we are all called. And priesthood is about a lot more than looking like a vicar. Priesthood is for us all. We are all to do God's work, God's mission, and speak out for God. That is what priests do. 
That is what Jesus did when he was on the earth. Because we're meant to be Jesus-shaped. We're being fashioned into living stones like him. And one of his characteristics is that he's a priest. So how do we do this? As we remember in our wonderful um, gospel passage that we had today, we just have to come to Jesus. We have to come through Jesus, actually. Jesus is the gate, but not like a gate that you find in the woods all over here, that only one person can go through at a time, and it takes ages if there are loads of you. Um, I'm just talking about our running group, because, goodness, it's a, it's a nice little rest when you come to a gate. Um, it is about a gate that everybody can come through, a gate for every person. Come to the one who knows you by name. Come to the one who knows you through and through, dirt, slobber, bits of biscuit, everything, still loves you. Come to the one who can clean you over and over. Come to the one who can give you life in all its fullness. Make you into a living stone, humming with potential energy. It's a good thing to ponder, life in all its fullness. It's a really great thing to ponder, actually. Why don't you ask yourself, at the end of a day, when have I felt truly alive today? Or maybe, when have I not felt so alive? It's a really good thing to do, and a good way to hear God's call on your life. What does it mean for our lives if we come to Jesus to be built into a holy house? It means... Total transformation. As it says in the passage, you are chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. You have gone from being nothing to being something, from being rejected to being accepted from darkness to light, from nobody to somebody. Amen.